This week, cruising has stayed in the headlines with the announcement of an inquiry into the Ruby Princess. Among other news, it looks like some airlines are getting their cancellation policies in order. And this week, we also chat with Travelling Cruise Weekly's publisher, Jenny Piper, about their latest publication to keep consumers inspired to travel. I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is Travel Daily News on the Fly. So Bruce, it seems like cruising is taking hit after hit. Let's talk about the investigation into Ruby Princess to start with. What's been announced by the government this week and what is the Princess's sort of comment on all of it? We've got not one, not two, but now three public inquiries into the Ruby Princess. And the third one is the the biggest deal of all. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian announced a formal commission of inquiry into this situation. That's in addition to the police investigation where there's 30 detectives in a strike force. And there's also a coronial inquiry because people have died, obviously, from COVID-19. Uh, so it's all just crazy times for uh, Princess Cruises. Something that I thought was very interesting was that yesterday, Princess Cruises uh, president, Jan Swartz, came out fully in support of the investigation. And I think that we're going to find out that as Carnival Australia has always maintained, people on its side of this debacle followed the procedures to the letter. And how long is all of this inquiry going to take? Yeah, good question. Berejiklian you know, pledged we're going to leave no stone unturned and she said that it's very important that the public get answers as soon as possible and then said this report will be handed down in three to four months. Now look, in three to four months' time, I think the world is going to look completely different. I think the Ruby Princess is going to be a far distant memory and so, yes, as I said last week, you know, I just think it's all a real waste of time looking for someone to blame and we'd be better to just move on and concentrate on moving forward. And I guess on all of that, we've seen a huge impact of coronavirus on the cruising industry. And uh, just recently, we're seeing a lot of opinions about Clear's role in helping out the cruise industry sort of come out. Uh, there's been a real increase in pressure on them as an organisation. Uh, now, obviously, it's a very hard time for everyone in the industry. There's a lot of emotion fueling opinions and statements and things like that. So I guess from your point of view, can you give us some clarity into cruising and COVID and CLIA and that whole situation? Sure. CLIA is an organisation that represents all of the cruise lines. And you've got to understand that cruising globally is in a crisis now. The whole business model is under threat. They're having to respond to this insidious enemy that no one knows how to deal with it. And so I just think it's really misguided for anyone to criticise you know that that they haven't that Claire hasn't been on the front foot or hasn't been on TV. We're not seeing it's like an iceberg. We're only seeing a tiny tip of what uh, these organisations, cruise lines, Claire, Joel Katz, all of them are doing. They are working twenty four seven. Of course, they are doing their best. Of course, they are out there. Uh, you know, behind the scenes. But at the moment, you've also got mainstream media, which has just got a scent of blood in the water, and anything meant mentioning cruising is just going to be completely attacked. So I just think the industry needs to be a lot more accepting that those in power are doing their best and that we need to be supporting them, even if we don't know the exact details of of what they're doing. And even if they're not on television every night defending the industry, because I can tell you that's just going to end up in a disaster. Yeah, it certainly sounds like we all need to be supporting one another and uh, sticking together because the rest of the world or the rest of Australia is really focusing on cruising right now. So let's think about how we can look after one another and help each other out. 
And moving on to airlines, we've seen lots of changes to cancellation policies, which I guess is to be expected as coronavirus lockdowns continue and uh, travel bans continue and we don't really know when all of this will end. Or what have you seen that kind of looks like the best approach at the moment? Look, we've had massive feedback from across the industry about the varying airline policies. Airlines really need to realise that travel agents are really trying to hold on to bookings and not get people to, to cancel. And the policies that are coming out, they're okay for corporates perhaps, but for leisure travellers, particularly leisure travellers to Europe, uh, who obviously aren't going to travel this year, let's get them to travel next year. Uh, but the, some of the airline policies are just not allowing that. In fact, I saw one agent was talking about Air India today, who their whole fleet's grounded. They reckon they're going to start flying again on the 4th of May. You know, mm. I believe that when I see it. But they're not allowing rebooking in the, in the existing class. So obviously there's people who want to get back to India or from India back to Australia. They can't get on and they can't, without paying extra, you know, the agents are just trying to sort this out. And what about Qantas, like Australian brands like Qantas and Virgin Australia? Uh, look, we'll talk about Virgin Australia later on, but Qantas also are being quite difficult. They've got a policy that they're allowing tickets you know, that are affected to be rebooked. I think they've got validity through until the 31st of December. So that in particular doesn't work uh, for a leisure customer who's wanting to go to Europe next year. What we've seen this week is that Emirates and also Singapore Airlines have come up with much more enlightened solutions. Uh, Emirates particularly, they're allowing two-year validity on existing tickets. What that does is it enables the, the agent to keep hold of the booking rather than getting the client to request a refund. The airline gets to hold on to the money and probably you know, the, the, they will travel again and be happy and you know, Emirates has a loyal customer. Singapore Airlines is also incentivising customers to not take a refund, but to maintain their existing booking with bonuses depending on the level of cabin class. It's really great to see that a couple of airlines are really coming to the party. I wish that we could see a situation where there is a uniform policy, and I know many of our listeners would also like that. I did talk to IATA about that, and they, they said it's just not possible because of anti-competitive concerns. I just wonder whether in these unprecedented times whether that could be changed, but you know. Yeah, certainly something to think about, I guess. And speaking of Emirates, we did see in yesterday's Travel Daily that they're introducing finger prick blood tests prior to boarding to check for COVID-19. What does this mean? Will it become commonplace and is this good news for the industry? I think it's great news. I think it's an example of the sort of innovation that we're going to have to see, not just probably in, in flying but also in cruising. Emirates, it's only a trial at the moment but they've got this rapid 10 minute finger prick blood test. They tested all passengers on a flight to Tunisia done in connection with the Dubai Health Department and passengers get a certificate saying that they're COVID free which I suspect that many countries are going to require to uh, certainly you know to avoid quarantine when you land in the coming months. So I, th I think it's a great initiative. You know I really hope it becomes less invasive. I think that frequent flyers are going to end up with very bloody fingertips, you know, corporate road warriors and that sort of thing. But uh, it may be something that, that we have to get used to in the future. Yeah, I suppose even with speculation of, uh, you know, vaccinations, it could be something like the yellow fever certificate that you have to get and take and present. Yep. But yeah, it's an interesting step. Absolutely. I, I think while it sounds horrific. I'm sure that we had exactly the same reaction to the security that was introduced after 9-11 and you know that mm. definitely changed the world but we did recover and you know it's just a part of part of life now. 
Yeah, we live in a different world at the moment. Going back to Virgin Australia, uh, we've heard a lot of discussion about them. They're requesting this government bailout, uh, and now we're hearing that they've suspended share trading. Uh, What's happening with them? Yeah, well, no one really knows. Uh, Yesterday, they asked for an extra week to work on their plans for recapitalisation. Clearly, things are pretty grim. They've cut their network down to just a single, I think only six weekly flights between Sydney and Melbourne. So they're not even flying out of their Brisbane head office. It's all pretty grim. I think that the government, uh, yeah, they've mounted quite a concerted campaign about the importance of uh, not having a monopoly, which I think is... You know, it's a reasonable argument, but the the issue with Virgin Australia is that it's owned by effectively uh, the United Arab Emirates government, Singapore, China, and Richard Branson. Only a small part of the company is actually in Australian hands, and so it's pretty hard to justify a billion-dollar bailout or whatever they're asking for from the Australian government. other news, we've seen Travel Asia has been placed into administration. What does this all mean? Yeah, this is an interesting one. I saw that it had lost its ATAS accreditation uh, at the end of last month and sort of had a bit of a dig and found administrators appointed. I thought at the time, you know, it's just some small travel agency. It's based in Sussex Street in Sydney. Anyway, it turns out that it's a major supplier to a number of these industry disruptors that have been so on the rise in recent years. Luxury escapes, inspiring vacations, Webjet exclusives. And so the collapse of Travel Asia, and it's also got a sister company, SNA Group, which I notice is not in receivership, but has lost its ATAS accreditation. It's all a bit murky there. It's definitely going to affect those those disruptors in quite a big way. Uh, in fact, Webjet's already announced that it's shutting down its exclusives business. Don't know if that's related to particularly this collapse. Kogan Travel also referred to it. Kogan referred to it in an ASX interview last week. Unfortunately, I don't think this is the last travel business that is going to go under during this coronavirus situation. So Jenny, Travelling Cruise Weekly has launched a new publication this week. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what the goal of this publication is? So one of our readers contacted us and asked about uh, the puzzle pages that we've been producing in Travel Daily and asked if we would put it together for them to send to their clients who are all stuck at home and bored. And it prompted us to think, well, we could do that, but let's combine it with a magazine. So we already were producing an e-magazine, Travel and Cruise Weekly Quarterly, which is full of stories about destinations and, and news and all sorts of travel-related things. So we thought, well, while people are at home um, and unable to travel, why not give them a magazine with the puzzles, but also with some inspiring stories, pictures, things to make them want to keep traveling. So what better result than keep dreaming? So the reason we decided to do this is we thought, well, here's an opportunity for us to help the industry by providing a tool for them to, to for you guys, the travel agents, to send out to your clients because you can't really sell them big offers at the moment. There are no offers for traveling, but you can sell them a dream. And so Keep Dreaming magazine is for them to keep dreaming with the hope that they will come back and book their their dream holidays with you, the travel agents. If you think that there's something going forward that is going to inspire your clients and generate some bookings, uh, contact us, send us an email. It's a great idea. And is there anything you've done in addition to the magazine to kind of help, I guess, help travel agents market it and send it out? 
So we've created a toolkit that's available on the Travel Daily website and it's got tiles that you can use for social media, for Facebook, Instagram. Uh, We've also got an email signature. We've got information on how to send the magazine because it is an electronic magazine, a flip magazine, how to send that out to your clients. So if you go to the Travel Daily website, www.traveldaily.com.au and go to the agent zone on that website, it's got the toolkit there and we will change that weekly as the magazine comes out weekly with the latest images for you to be able to use for your marketing collateral. Thanks, Jenny. It sounds like a pretty amazing idea and a great way to help out the travel industry at the moment. So for anyone interested, you just go to travelandcruiseweekly.com.au to find the EMAG and on the Travel Daily website, traveldaily.com.au, you can find the agent toolkit with everything that you need to send it out there. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.